0: oh here it goes and welcome to the 64th episode of throwback hoops woody v is in the house please follow the show on youtube or wherever you listen to your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher google Podcasts, amazon podcasts we're available everywhere and as always i'm joined by my
1: main man robbie clayton what's up bro What's up, Woods? Always be, uh, good to be back for another week. Um, I know you're looking pretty happy again wearing all that Sydney Kings. Uh, that's twice in a row you've been wearing the Sydney Kings, but yeah, rightfully so with them. making Definitely. The final. So looking forward to have a bit of a chat today about stuff. All right, all right. Let's kick things off then, man. Uh, I noticed you got...
0: Some classic jerseys there. So, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about nice. uh, who you are showcasing today?
1: Probably a little bit of a surprise that we've got to episode 64, and I haven't spoken about this guy to be honest, because you know he's definitely someone I've always liked. Someone that I even tried to slightly model my game around. but I don't think that quite worked, but someone that I really <laughs> like the way he played and that. So, look, hanging over my shoulder today is a well, today I should say I'm doing the an Anton Jameson double. So, hanging Not over my Antoine, shoulder, right? Not Antoine, right? Well, I was actually looking that up today just before I go into it. So. It actually, it was supposed to be Antoine, right? But they made a mistake with his birth certificate. I know all about uh, that as well, by the way. So they actually misspelled it on the birth certificate. So, yeah, it's actually Antoine is the way they want it said, but it's actually spelled Antoine. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit weird, actually. But, yeah, people can Wikipedia if they don't want to read about it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, anyway, so hanging over my shoulder there is these blue cabs, Adidas Hardwood uh, Classics jersey. So a bit of a random one, that one there. Look, I'll just stand up and show you the one that I'm rocking today
0: robbie's wearing golden state warriors number 33 anton Jamison, fun fun warriors team as well
1: it was good wasn't it yeah a bit of a random one this one he certainly ended up playing with a few teams so yeah just a little bit about mr jameson there so he played 16 seasons in the nba after getting drafted by toronto at pick four in the 1998 draft out of north carolina so People might be thinking Toronto, he didn't play for them. Well, no, he didn't trade uh, play for them. He was actually traded to Golden State on draft night for none other than Vince Carter. So it was actually a trade I've sort of forgotten a little bit about there. Um look, probably probably people probably think that, you know, Toronto won that one with Vince Carter, but obviously Jameson certainly had some um, some good moments there. Um, he ended up playing with the Warriors, Mavericks, Wizards, Cavs, Lakers, and Clippers. Um, pretty decent accolades as well. Woods, he was a two-time NBA All-Star in 05 and 08. Yep. He was a sixth man of the year in 2004, all-rookie second team, and he also had a number of awards in college, including National Player of the Year in 1998. Um, so Jameis is now 46. He works in the front office for the Wizards. Um, he's only one of uh, two players, Woods, that has scored 20,000 points and not a Hall of Famer. Can you name the, the second one? So one of two players to score more than 20,000 points and not currently be in the Hall of Fame. The other player still playing today? Uh, he's definitely not playing today, but someone we um, we spoke about quite a bit when we had uh, Mr. Lee Ellison a few weeks ago. Someone that's um, around that era that Lee started watching, that he's a big fan of. Ooh. And I mentioned that Mark Jackson might not like him. Oh, Tom Chambers. Tom Chambers. Yeah. So wow. Tom Chambers and and Anton Jameson are the only two players with more than twenty thousand career points that aren't Hall of Famers. So. He's borderline, isn't he? It's always that Mitch Richmond test that we've spoken about before. Mitch Richmond made it. Um, certainly some pretty good accolades there when you think about it. You know, 16-year career, um, two-time All-Star. But I guess you've kind of got to draw the line somewhere, don't you? But maybe with his college, college contributions there, you know, that's maybe sort of elevates him a little bit there. But, yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting one there. Um, now, Woods, of course, I do have a bobblehead of Mr. Jameson as well. Wow, so nice. A bit of a random one. Actually, it was hiding at the back of the cabinet when I got it out today. So, He's rocking that uh, Cavs jersey there. So, um, interesting. Who of all those teams I mentioned with you sort of remember him the most with? Probably said the Wizards. Yeah. So, as I said, Warriors, Mavs, Wizards, Cavs, and then the two LA teams. Yeah, you're probably right. Those Wizards teams with like, you know, what, Caron Butler and sort of um, Agent Zero and all those sort of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, a little bit about uh, James. Stevenson, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, so, as I said, someone i wanted to speak about for a while, and I apologise to him that it's taken Nick Young, JaVale McGee, I remember that. Oh, team, yeah, right? now, we're some, now we're getting some random ones. <laughs> nice. Well, why don't you show us who you're rocking today? I think I know what that one is. But yeah, why don't you yeah know, for sure. One? No worries. The Woods are standing up, rocking the number five. Sydney King's throwback. Brad Rosen personally signed jersey. I know he was pretty happy about getting that. that um in the semi-final series. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, Rosen and also how you um, got that, that jersey autographed?
0: Well, I won't go into all his accolades. We covered that a lot when we had you him did. on the show, but I just thought I'd yeah. wear it because, um, you know, he he commentates all the NBL games as a sideline reporter and he's, he's right next to me every day, every every home game. So we've built a pretty good bond and he always checks out with jersey I'm, I'm, I'm rocking. And so I thought I'm going to wear his jersey and get him decided. So last week he did and really nice message from him To me, but more recently, he got bestowed with uh, one of the biggest honors that uh, Sydney King can have, which is a ring of honor. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was in front of a massive crowd. And uh, I think it was the biggest crowd of the season. Actually, it was. Um, And he told the, uh, the newspaper, it was an absolute amazing moment for me and my family. And to top it off, there was a full house at the game. I believe the largest crowd at an NBL game this season. So there's a great atmosphere in the kingdom as well. And he said, um, I probably feel a bit shocked still, but to be honest, I'm also humbled. So, you know, this jersey is also to not only honour the fact that he signed it for me, but mm-hmm. since we last spoke, he's actually, um, you know, been given this huge honour. So hey, what was his reaction,
1: to... Woods? Because you said he, he sees you wearing these those random Sydney Kings jerseys every time you see him at the game. He must have been pretty pleased when he he's saw them. Loving the year, it. Right? Loving it,
0: right? Because. <laughs> um and he knew as i walked past him and then like he was had his microphone and i I held up a pen to him. he's like of course and comes over and he signs (laughs) it and then the people next to me he wrote wrote a private message to you i'm like yeah yeah we know each other man you know so it's really nice Uh, that's awesome on our quest for another championship which we'll
1: get into a bit later um
0: okay i think i'll go easy on the king's attire from from this week onwards i know i've been a bit Bit of yeah. a homo lately. Well, you'll probably
1: end up keep wearing it if they end up winning this grand <laughs> final series. You'll be busting out some more stuff for us. So. For
0: sure. So let's get into it. I thought we'll talk about a little bit of NBL to kick off the episode today, right? Um, obviously, we're in the FIBA window at the moment. But let's look back on the, the semifinals that just went, right? Um, and then look forward to the finals. Maybe let's start hey, off words, with... Can I
1: quickly yep. ask you, so can I confirm in the first half of the show, we're going to talk NBL. and the second half of the show, you're not going to complain about the NBA All-Star Game. Is that kind of about oh.
0: Definitely gonna complain about the NBA All-Star okay. All Game. Right. All some
1: right. aspects of it, some aspects okay. of it, okay. right?
0: Okay, so let's um let's talk about NBL. Okay, so let's start off with that first series, Tasmania versus New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh did you get a chance to watch it? What were your thoughts? Three game game series?
1: Yeah, no, look, I enjoyed the series, although sort of the reality is none of the games were really that close, weren't they? We saw New Zealand win by 20, Tassie won by 11, and then New Zealand won by 15. So all double-figure uh, margins there. But, yeah, I thought New Zealand looked pretty good. Um, They've got a lot of weapons around the court, don't they? Um, Something we spoke about earlier in the season as well, that import trio as well is just... I mean, we saw Barry Brown in that third game just really took over, didn't he? But, yeah, I mean... From a neutral point of view, given that you know the Wildcats are long gone now, I'm sort of happy that we got this final series with New Zealand and Sydney because they do seem the two yeah. two best teams and certainly the two deepest teams, I think, in the NBL. Um but look, full credit to Tasmania as well. They were obviously playing without their floor leader in, in Josh Majet there. Thought they held up pretty well there. Um we saw, you know, some of the bench guys have decent roles. Probably would have liked a little bit more from maybe guys like Will Magney. Um yeah, I mean, not to sort of pick on him, but he just sort of seemed he was a bit sort of quiet in that series there. But yeah, good crowds in, in both of those um, teams' home courts as well, in Tassie and New Zealand. So, certainly they were, you know, really making a lot of noise and very vocal fans there. But, yeah, no, I enjoy the series. What, what were your thoughts on
0: it? Yeah, definitely. Good series. And you know, The top four teams were definitely uh, the ones that went through the semifinals. But let's touch on New Zealand a little bit. Gone through yeah. a lot over the last few years. Struggled, haven't been able to play at home, been on the road. What does it mean to the people of New Zealand and that franchise to be able to, you know, make it back to the top? Yeah, it's and huge, then isn't the it? I mean, they yeah. were
1: there for so long, weren't they? And it was sort of you become accustomed to New Zealand being there in that semi-final or grand final. But, yeah, they like you said, they've had a couple of rough years, you know, not playing at home all of last season, all the COVID implications that have, have impacted them there. So I think it means a lot. They, you know, they're a very, um, very passionate crowd there. They really seem to know their basketball as well. So I think they'll certainly get along. And I'm glad we're getting a five-game series, Woods. I know you and I probably like to see a five-game semi-final Definitely. series. Definitely, yep. I'd like to see that, given the finals don't go for too long. I don't know if that's something they may consider down the track. Um, I know some people probably like a three-game series, but, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a great final series. And, yeah, happy to see New Zealand get back to, um, you know, the end of the season like they have. And what's been the
0: key to their success this year? Is it a change of coach? Is it the fact that they've been able to play more games at home? You mentioned the roster being, you know, um, you know constructed really nicely. What yeah. made them so
1: successful this year? Certainly a little bit of all of the above, I'd say. I mean, the coaching has really been good this year. I wasn't a massive fan of Shamir last year. I thought he had his moments and the thing. But my all has been really good. And, yeah, just like a really deep seam, like I said before. I think, you know, the emergence of your boy BMW playing the point there. Um, you know, a great import trio and sort of getting some stuff out of veterans that maybe they wouldn't have thought. So I think guys like Rob Lowe has been really good this year. You know, getting yes. Abercrombie back this year has been um, big, you know, sort of on and off the court for him there. Um, getting Lee Arthur sort of coming over from from southeast Melbourne has been important for him as well, so yeah, I think they've constructed that roster quite well. Um, and I think how have they gone against Sydney this year? You probably remember that more than me. I know Sydney won that game when there was a bit of complaint about the all blacks playing style, but they've and New Zealand won that game when they've won one, I think, from
0: yeah, so maybe three Sydney, Sydney but they've Sydney, been, yeah, been good yeah.
1: games though, right? So
0: definitely, yeah. um. Yeah, actually, that game that we spoke about, Brad Rosen um, having being a sellout in Sydney, that was when New Zealand mm. beat beat the Sydney I, Kings I, when and he Brantley got presented the three, I think Yes, that, that's that's, three, that's the game. Yeah. I was in India yeah. during that game actually, but yeah, that's that was right. the one. Yeah. Okay, so all right, that's great about New Zealand. We'll get into how they match up against Sydney in a minute, but let's look mm. back on Tasmania's season. In fact, their last two seasons under uh, yeah. Scott Roth making the finals last year, uh, semi-finals this year. Um, how big is it that they've got such a great supporter base and, and yeah. uh, they've done so well in these first two seasons, right?
1: Amazing effort, isn't it? I mean, you know, the fact that they're just they're constantly filling up that stadium and potentially looking to expand the stadium there. I don't think they've got that budget that some of the, you know, the Sydney, Perth, Melbourne and those sort of teams have got. They've constructed their rosters really well. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, we've, t- we've spoken about Roth before. He's a great coach there. He's sort of Creates that family type of environment there. Um, you know, he's good good character guys on the team. Um, be interesting to see what they do next year with those imports. Obviously they you know, I'm not sure if our boy Rashad Tucker will definitely be back. Um, thought he was he was good without being great in those um in those finals games. Um yeah. but yeah, no, I I think they've been, you know, amazing effort really to make the semis, you know, in their first two seasons and you know, um and obviously, you know, last year they went further, sort of thing. This year, you know, they were one minute away from making the grand final. So, yeah, full credit to them. I think they're a fun team to, to sort of watch and sort of a good story to sort of support, right? The only thing, and I think we hear this on a few podcasts now, is are you used to the Jack Jumper's name, Yet Woods, or, or what? Well, I mean, I
0: was always a fan of the Hobart Tassie Devils, right? Yeah, and I and think it's all been were. mentioned by our, our friends, the sport folks, yep. and various uh, yeah. members of the media have said that. Um, Okay, but just looking back, though, at these last two seasons, right, this team is solid, they got swept by Sydney in three, you know, it it feels like they're a team that can make the playoffs, but they're not a championship team yet, right? They need to make a few changes there, you get said a guy like Magna, he's a shadow of the guy he was in Brisbane. So they have to make some looking forward to next season, they're gonna have to retool to really, you know, um, push for a championship, I feel, would you agree?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, I feel like they have nailed their their imports pretty well. Um, yeah, you just wonder that just trying to sort of um, get that secure, that local talent, which I think is going to be a big point of emphasis for yep. a lot of these NBL teams now. Correct. You know you can get these imports, but it's trying to surround the team with quality Australian players. They've got quite role-player sort of guys when you're talking about guys like Steindl, um, uh, you know, um, Chris Levitch, these sort and of guys are like like that. Was, yeah, there's no real standouts. You know, you've got guys like Agent Agent 97 and that sort of stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, again, can they sort of compete with the budget and the, the glamour teams there that I spoke about before? I'm not sure if they can. But they certainly play with a lot of heart there, and I, I'd expect them to be you know right around this sort of time at the end of next season as well.
0: Great. Thanks, Robbie. And finally, did you see team captain Clint Steindl and his little incident with um, – so – Basically uh, Tasmania Jack Jumper fan, a young kid came all the way to New Zealand to watch the final game and he was mm. in tears. He was really sad um that, that Tasmania got knocked out and Clint Steindl went and consoled him, gave him his sneakers and everything and that
1: actually made Good morning, America, news. It did. It was worldwide the US, news. Right. That, well, was, that was great to see. That wasn't a great work by Steiner there. And that sort of little fan will never forget that and, and certainly be a Jack Jumpers fan for life. Um, We know um, Clint Steiner was a St. Mary's alum as well, Woods. So remind me to talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. Of well.
0: course, of course, of course yeah. we will. Um, and yeah, look, that embodies what the Jack Jumpers are, are about, right? So sure. awesome stuff there. All right. Now, I was able to go to game one and three of Sydney versus Cairns. A great series, two deserving teams to be in the finals uh, on top of the previous two mentioned. Now, I can speak about it all day, but talk to me. From, from a neutral perspective, what did you think about that series? And Cairns were unlucky. I think Sydney could have easily yeah, lost yeah. that series, right? Yeah.
1: I want to know, firstly, Woods, is there any, are these rumours true that you were so sure that Sydney would sweep that you actually made plans on the Sunday to actually go somewhere and you had to cancel those plans? Are those rumours true? Th- that, those rumours are ex- exactly true. So oh, I had to oh, convince my there. wife. To go to that game three, but yeah, go on. Yeah, no, look, I, I tend to agree with what you said. I think Cairns were a little bit unlucky. Um, the series did feel a little bit closer. I mentioned the score lines in the, the first series there. So the Kings game won game one by eight, Cairns won by 11, and Kings by 15. So, no real close games in either series there, but yeah. It felt a little bit went the Kings way, to be honest. Um, I would have loved to have seen Cairns at full strength. I think, obviously, people spoke about Pinder. Shannon Scott not being available in Absolutely. those last two games was huge, yep. right? That really was a big thing there. We saw Ben Ayer step up. Um, and, you know, we saw a few of their role players, actually, in that series step up. Um, I wanted to throw throw it back to you and ask two things, Woods. It was a very fiery series. What were your thoughts on that? And, you know, a few people saying the Kings were potentially a little bit lucky with some of the calls or, you know, with Suarez not, you know, potentially getting suspended for a game. What were your thoughts on the fieriness of that and also, you know, whether the the league got it right with Suarez?
0: Well, let's let's start with Suarez there, right? Mm. I think even though I'm a Kings fan, he got away with it. You know, he was obviously... It's clear that he intentionally, you know made contact with the player above his shoulders, right? Yeah. And if we're standing to the letter of the law and we follow what happened to uh, Jesse Wagstaff early in the season... It's a Jesse
1: Wagstaff rule now, right? That's all you can compare it to, right?
0: So I think that was... They got away with with it, you know, a a bit there. But in terms of the refereeing, I just find the level of officiating in the NBL, I've spoken about this before, is not great. And I don't think it necessarily favoured Sydney all through the season. Maybe this time he did. Sometimes, you know, the apple falls somewhere else, you know, on one side of the tree. and What about Chase blowing
1: up? Do you think he maybe didn't get too big a fine there because the call that he was blowing up, he was completely right. It wasn't a flop there. I think... Sometimes the, ref, the refs have got to have a better feel for the game there. It looked like they were really hot on that rule. You could see that even in the first game there. They called that twice yeah. on, on flopping on the Kings. Yeah. But, yeah, Chase, I mean, look, he, he does carry on a little bit, but I could certainly see why he would have been frustrated after that call there, given that Kuatnoy was you know, having blood coming out from his nose. Uh.
0: Yeah, I know. And, I mean, like, I don't mind Chase being booted out of the game, right? But I think the fair call was not to suspend him on, on that side. And yeah. then you, uh, you, you, you look at Cairns in that first game, they had it. You know they had it pretty much that first half. They blew us out of the park. You know, um, Jonah Antonio was going off, and there was a little Oof. bit of, you know, speaking on Twitter about you know between uh, uh, Chase Buford and Jonah, which was nice to see a bit of um, yeah, bit of back and forth there. But yeah, these youngsters gr- played great, man. And I, I was talking to Jonah, Jonah Barber, one of our. Uh, one, one of the fans of the show yeah. and, and, a, and a huge Sydney Kings fan at halftime, we were like, man, we're done. I mean, if we lose here, we'll probably go to Cairns and we'll be swept, right? So mm-hmm. we're lucky we, we stepped up our defense in the second half of the first game and managed to win. But then Shannon Scott going down really, obviously, it was a big loss. Keanu Pinder. Yeah. Right? Think about it. If you had Keanu Pinder full 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 full, full strength with Shannon Scott, as well as you know, Taj McCall was also playing a bit unhealthy. Yeah, right? he
1: wasn't 100%. Yeah. yeah. And what about the chippiness of the series, Edwards? There was a lot of things going on there, wasn't there?
0: There's that Adam Ford history as well, you know, there mm. with the Sydney Kings and whatnot, and um, I really enjoyed it. There's nothing; the, It's good for the league, right? You know, it's a, it's a good advertisement for the league when there's a bit of that, so I don't mind as long as it doesn't get out of hand. Um, okay, so let's look forward with regards to Cairns, right? It's always the team where they do great... They do a great job of recruiting imports and getting Australian talent like Bull Call and Keanu Pinder, right? But then they get priced out, and the next season, you know, one of the bigger yeah. teams offer more money to these guys and and uh and they lose that talent that they actually nurture it, right? And we know that Taj McCall's already on contract. Mm-hmm. Guys like Pinder and 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 Will Cole, will care to be able to retain their services?
1: It's always a big question for that, isn't it? I think a lot of them like the lifestyle there and it does seem to be a pretty close team. I wanted to quickly ask you as well, what's your thoughts on DJ Hogue? I thought he was a little bit disappointing in this series. I've heard a few people say it was just might have been a little bit of fatigue with the amount of games that they've been playing there. What were your thoughts quickly on that before I answer your
0: Definitely. Thoughts? And you're playing a seven-man rotation and Shannon mm. Scott's out, Pinder's out, You know, McCall's playing it. You're, you're asking for a lot from him. And, and that's been the case for a lot of this season, right? Where the yeah. rotation's been, small, uh, been short and they've always been missing one guy. So, sure, of course, a bit of fatigue. And at the same time, you need your running mates there with you. Um, I don't want to fault him too much because he did does give a hundred percent every time he steps no, out on the floor.
1: Hundred um, percent. But yeah. look, in terms of their roster and everything else like that, I think it's constructed pretty well at the moment. But yeah, you're right. Can they get guys like Hope back? Um, you know, Shannon Scott. Who do you say was under contract there? So McCall, McCall,
0: Ben Ayer. I yeah, think that, that's not much mm, else is there. There, Joan so yeah, I think okay. Sam
1: Sam Wadenberg might be as well. Well, I mean, Phoenix he's got to be a priority, yeah. doesn't he? Because I mean, he obviously counts as a local player, the key yeah. here. I mean, he really stepped up there, didn't he? Um, you know yeah. without Pinder, I think you thought he really showed a lot there. So yeah, I might I mean, be
0: wrong, but I think there's a there's a team option for Wardenberg and for um Antonio and okay. McCall and error are signed up through next year. Everyone else is, is I mean here. look
1: I will certainly keep the faith in their recruitment there. They like you said before, they always seem to nail it with these imports. I wish I could pass on a few tips to my wildcats so, here. Yeah, they just seem to consistently pull out these guys that you know, maybe aren't massive household names or guys that have had, you know, well, a few guys on the like call have had NBA experience. But, yeah, they seem to get it right, and they do surround it with, you know, pretty decent Aussie talent. So Pinder's probably the big one, isn't it? Can they get him back? There's going to be teams Surely teams like Melbourne and, and Perth will be throwing big money at him. No, of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, Will he sort of decide to go to, you know, somewhere like Japan where we're seeing a lot of these Aussie guys go to and potentially get paid triple? What he get paid in the NBL? You know, these guys have got short careers, you know. Imagine the same thing, was. Imagine you could earn what you're earning or you could go overseas and earn triple. I mean, no, you know, I'm with good you. lifestyle, going to a, a decent country like Japan and stuff. You can see what they do. It.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, let's look forward then to the finals, right? Mm. We don't have to break it down. Obviously, there's a bit of time between now and the it finals. It starts in about six
1: months, is that right? <laughs> it, it starts on? on
0: the 3rd of March, I think. Yeah, okay. I've, yep. I just got my tickets the other day. Give me a prediction, right?
1: Hopefully... Maybe this is more hopeful. Maybe this is, um, you know. Well, give me, give, me, give gonna, me what you want I'm to happen say and what do you think will happen, all right? Well, I'm going to say both. I'm going to say New Zealand wins in five. Um, so I'm going to say that means obviously New Zealand winning a game five on Sydney's home court, we, like we okay. spoke before. We did see that happen previously. I just really want to get a good series. Like we mentioned, the semifinals, the closest game out of the six games was an eight-point um, margin there. So I hope we get some really tight sort of contests there. I hope the refs let them play a little bit as well. Don't sort of worry too much on flopping and sort of, yep. you know, guys getting in foul trouble. But, yeah, I'll, I'll say New Zealand 3-2 would be my prediction. But, yeah, what about yourself? Don't say a sweep either.
0: Nah, Kings in four, I would say. Right. Like okay, yeah.
1: But How um, worried would you be if New Zealand were, were to come out next Friday and win that first one in Sydney? You'd be pretty worried. Very now, worried, but, very yeah. worried. So that's a big, very crucial worried. first game, I guess, yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I guess it'll give Xavier Cooks, and we, we, we didn't mention that Xavier Cooks with that ankle injury in, in yeah. the Cairns series, which actually had me scared for a few days because we didn't know until game time if he was going to play or not. And he didn't suit up and he looked good. So he'll have time to rest that that angle. He could probably
1: conserve a bit of energy, though, by not complaining at the reps at every call. I <laughs> that might sort of give him a bit of energy in the fourth quarters, but
0: yeah. All right, so we were talking about retooling and, and you know, for, for various different teams. You mentioned your, your, your Perth Wildcats. So I know all these teams are looking to, you know, go into that free agency period and, and reconstruct their rosters for next season. Let's just talk a little bit about your Perth Wildcats, right? What do they need to do next season? Give me a few insights into what you think should
1: happen. Right. Well, you know, I'm always happy to speak about my Perth Wildcats. Of course. So appreciate the opportunity. So um, look, the first one I did sort of briefly mention St. Mary's earlier. I think that's going to be a big key there. There's a St. Mary's combo there and Alex Dukas and Cole Bowen, uh, two guys that I was actually lucky enough to commentate when St. Mary's took on my Hills Hornets um, last yep. year. So those two guys um, would be massive coops for the Wildcats to get there. So I reckon that should be their first priority. We've heard a little bit of that mentioned. Um, Danny Mills has sort of mentioned that they've definitely been tracking those and that could be a priority there. So I think that'd be huge. That's where I'd be sort of starting there. Um, look, we're hearing, as we do every year, Nick Cage, John Mooney, these sort of guys, but it feels like it's just an annual thing that we hear about these guys now. So if I was the Wildcats, I'd be trying to get those young guys get some good young Aussie talent there. I think both of those guys would translate really well in the NBL. Um, obviously, Dukas is the biggest sort of the name there, but someone like Kyle Bowen's really handy yep. rebounder, and great defender, and everything else like that. So that's just what they need there. Um, in terms of who they've got there, I think it probably a big call is on the Websters. So, I know there's certain options for some. Are they considered like a bit of a package deal now? Could they potentially just look at getting one of them? I'm not sure how that'll work there. Um, we know that Blanchfield's definitely come back. He's got two years left on his contract and a little bit of a, a strange sort of one there. But um, he, he will be back. They can't just let someone walk on that. We know um, um, Zunich as well is definitely under contract. Um, I have a feeling with Jesse Wagstaff, it'll come down to, to his call. I think they will sort of say to him, look, we'll give you another year. We would like that what you did. I think he gets on pretty well with John really." So, I'm probably leaning towards thinking he may come come back. I was actually thinking in those last few games, oh, is this goodbye for Jesse. I wouldn't be surprised if he does come back. But, yeah, to me, so just to summarise that, I guess, I think the big call is trying to get those two St. Mary, St. Mary's players there, get them back home. We don't seem to get a lot of those guys coming home. We've spoken about that before, and coming back to West Australia, being around family there. So trying to get those two guys, making a decision on the Websters, and then just better recruiting of, of imports next season. I, I don't think Manic or Thomas will be back, to be honest. Um, so it'll be getting two fresh imports to play with Bryce Cotton, who's, let's face it, will always be an import. He's that citizenship thing. is just not happening there. So, yeah, um, getting the two St. Mary's guys, making that call on the Websters, and then getting some decent imports. So that's where, where I'd go with the Wildcats in the off-season.
0: No, no, that, that's fair. And I think that um, Todd Blanchfield has also come out in the media and said, look, I know I lost my in the rotation, I'm going to work really hard this offseason to try and, you know, get back into that. So that's a nice attitude for him for sure, right? So
1: We don't always, all of a sudden, forget how to shoot, right? We know the guy can shoot. So, yeah, I believe he does have a pretty hard, you know, good work ethic there. I know we're going to think he's in a team that we're going to speak about quickly after this one now. But, yeah, I'd like to see him get back in there and just show us what he can do there and just make a contribution to the team next year.
0: Yep. Okay, well, that was a good segue. So we have these Boomers, um, the Boomers games coming on, the qualifiers, right? Yeah. Um, and there is a break, as we spoke about. I'm just going to read the team out to you, okay? And I want you to give me your thoughts. So we've got Nick Kay, who you just mentioned, Todd Blanchfield, Isaac Humphreys, Mason Peatling, Reese Vague, Alex Tui, Daniel Greeter, Nick Marshall, Kyle Adnam, Nathan Serby, Mitch Norton, and Mitch McCarron.
1: Yeah, look, I'm certainly being, hearing it called like a D-team sort of thing. Um, we should mention as well, a lot of people are complaining about the NBL um, grand final series starting next week. That's not their choice. It's basically a FIBA break there that's mandated by um, FIBA. So they couldn't actually play any games this weekend, hence the reason for the, the game starting later. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest roster there. I mean, Nick Kaye is probably the only one you mentioned there, Woods, that might be a regular part of like an Olympics next year, potentially, do you reckon? Um, yeah.
0: I, mean, I think so. He's gonna be an uphill battle for him to make it. With, with...
1: I, I think he makes it. I think he's yeah, yeah. like he's someone that they have to put in that team. But yeah, yeah there's a few guys. It's good to see a few, a few of these guys getting opportunity, right? Um, you know, you mentioned Kyle Adnan, right? Mason Peatling, those sort of guys. Yep. Um, yeah. So look, I think either way, you could probably without being too um, too harsh there, you could probably throw out one of the better NBL one teams and still win that international game for Australia there. But no, I don't mind it. Give some of these guys a go and see how they they stand up to international basketball.
0: And just quickly, Mitch Creek, I know Body had a, a bit to say uh, on uh, Twitter about him being um, left out of the yeah. team. Has he been? Has there been a black line put through put through his name forever?
1: Yeah, I'm wondering that. I, I believe Andrew Bogut spoke about it recently on his pod as well. Um, I'm just wondering for sure, do we know that that's the case there? Did he not maybe say to him, look, I've just finished the season last week. We went to the playing game. Body's a little bit banged up. So I'm not 100% sure about that. But, yeah, I'd be interested. I hear, I hear he
0: wanted to play for, through the grapevine. That's I might interesting, be wrong. I don't if know that's the, the case. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, you'd really have to wonder whether he's he's been sort of blackballed there. Because, I mean, he you would have thought on paper in the way he played last season, he would have been potentially the first guy chosen on that roster, wouldn't you? So it's interesting, isn't it? You've got a guy that's in that sort of form with his experience that's you know potentially wanting to play and not making it there. We know there's been some... Some off-court sort of things in the past that have maybe happened with him. But, you know, he seems to be a guy that's very well-respected these days. We saw him, you know, in the commentary booth doing all that sort of stuff like he did this year. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? we we'll have to sort of see if he doesn't get picked for the next lot of these games, then we know probably something is going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you spoke earlier about do you think Nikkei is going to make the team and whatnot? I think what we can do as an exercise is sit down and choose our team for the for the World Cup, right, Yeah. Uh, next, next little bit of time and see how what names we come up with, because that's going to be an interesting selection. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend, all right? Let's mm. get right into it. Um, one by one, let's start with, with each event, and then, you know, you, you let me yep. know what you think. All right, the Celebrity I'll let you game. have your say
1: at the end, right? Yeah, Celebrity Game. Look, I've got to say, Woods, I was at my oldies place on the weekend when this was on, didn't actually have the sound on. So a couple of times I looked up, and I'm sort of squinting at the TV, and there was one stage of I'm like, I don't know any of those people on the court, like not one person. So it's a very loosely sort of thing celebrities. I heard someone say, I think it was PTI, unless you're under 30, you probably don't know who most of these guys were. I was happy to see DK Metcalf. You know, I'm a huge NFL fan. DK is someone that I always try and get in my fantasy team each year. So it was good to see him. You can see he's just a natural athlete there, you know, a little bit of a a bull in a china shop there, but just threw down about five dunks there. But yeah, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. Like I said, pretty loosely sort of term celebrities there. But I think you saw a bit more of that, so what were your thoughts?
0: It's a fun day for, for the families and everything. Mm. And, uh, you know, people are all mic'd up. And, you know, Ranveer Singh, an Indian actor, is there. Yeah. So, my mum my mom noticed that. So it's <laughs> nothing too serious. There's a lot of things in that game that, that raise money for charity. So it's a nice, it. good vibe event. And I don't mind them keeping it going forward. Um, and as you said, Matt what an athlete, man. Yeah, MVP. Right? He's
1: that sort of player. You look at his body shape. When he stops playing, he'll put on about 10 kilos the next month. I reckon. He's just got that body shape that when he's not working hard in the gym, he will blow out that guy. But yeah, what an
0: athlete. Very humble, nice man. I liked him as well. All right. Mm-hmm. The rookie challenge. Obviously, we had the same format as last year, um, yeah. where we had the, the teams play each other in, in semifinals and then a finals format. Um, did he get a chance to watch those games?
1: almost that this is one of those events i do like i know we mentioned it last week it was something that i quite enjoyed last year so I think keep that going. Um, you've got a bit of momentum with that. I like the way they do it, you know, seeing the, the different coaches they had picked and that. The guys seemed like they were going a little bit harder than certainly the. Way harder. On Monday. Way yeah.
0: harder, right? Yeah. They actually cared, you know? Yeah,
1: it was good sort of seeing some of these younger guys, seeing them on that stage. It was good to see the two Aussies, wasn't it? Mohamed King, you know. And, For sure. And Josh Giddy. What did you think of Josh Giddy's outfit that he rocked up in?
0: Oh, I loved it, man. Loved it. He's got that <laughs> drip. He was saying um, that, you know, he, he's been influenced by SGA, right? He's been hanging yeah. out. Hanging out with SGA. He's, he's a well-dressed there. man, SGA. Yeah, and, and SGA, you know, got, you know, got the beautiful girls, the beautiful clothes, and he's, yeah. he's been influencing Josh to like, <laughs> with his drip and his, in his outfit. So I liked it, man. I,
1: what I, about I Mo liked... King as well, though, Woods? What do you, how do you sort of see him going? Because he was someone that, you know, wasn't really doing much in the NBL. He's gone over there, played pretty well in the G League there. What do you sort of see the future for him?
0: Look, I mean, he's obviously made this game, right? Um, I haven't really followed what his stats have been like in the G League. Have you?
1: Not a whole lot, but he's obviously you know decent yeah. enough to get invited to that to that weekend. So he's gone pretty well, I think.
0: Well, he found a bad fit in Cairns and Adelaide. But then, if you look at behind mm. the scenes, you know the coaches are saying we just couldn't play this guy, right? You know, for various yeah. different reasons. So there must be something there. But the talent's there because he was high on draft boards, highly mm. touted. I um, mean, he was on par with Josh Giddy at one time. So. Yeah. um let's hope he has a a career a future they kept saying uh, he's from new zealand he was originally from new zealand but then adopted australia as his country right they did that with aaron baines for like 10 yeah, years the american life. yeah um, yeah what did you think of the players being mic'd up as well, um, Jose Alver- Alvarado and, and Josh
1: Giddy during the game? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, that was pretty funny saying that. I gotta love that um, Grand Theft Alvarado as well. He was oh, sort of he, a big part of the weekend. Great guy, great guy. He's a good set sort of stories sort of thing. I mean, obviously different than Giddy. Giddy came in with all the accolades, high draft and that. But yeah, no, I enjoyed seeing that sort of stuff. It's always a bit of fun.
0: I liked it that Alvarado went to Donovan Mitchell and said, "Listen, man, I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to I'm going to hit this game winner." Right? You got to buy me. kid <laughs> He me Backed it and up. He did, then he backed it up. So that was great. Yeah. yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed that, and, you know, the new the, the new players in the league are showcased well there. So I think, as you mm. said, they should continue with that, right?
1: Yeah. Now is where we start getting a little bit critical, I think, right? We didn't enjoy yeah. this next one.
0: Definitely. I mean, the skills challenge. I mean, do you want to take things um, away or should I? I'll
1: take it away. It was really bad, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind the actual format the way they do it now. Obviously, there's I just uh, – Honestly, what is the deal with these compos sort of thing? Every year we see Anastocompos. Oh, my Asus, God, Alex yeah. Anna um, So, Alex hasn't played at all. Um, look, I know we're going to talk about McClung, who still hasn't played a minute this year, but for Nasus Woods this year, he's played 25 games and he's averaging 0.5 points a game. He walks around that weekend like he's an actual all-star himself. Um, <laughs> look, some of the shooting in that was just oh dreadful. Like, I was watching with my daughter and we were laughing at how bad some of their shooting was, and they're all a bit too cool to try and sort of dribble fast, I think. The only one we saw was the Detroit rookie sort of stepping up and dribbling yeah, around there, Ivy. But yeah. uh, Jordan Clarkson was just dreadful. <laughs> I'm like he so his, bad. He, had his, he had his braids out. He his, did, his yeah. Sang, and, and and the rookies shot. couldn't make a shot, could they? When they, okay, they, made, they made, they made one. Okay, one shot. Yeah, it, was what, it was bad.
0: What I gotta say is this, right? They actually counted the rookie's bucket after the buzzer, all right, on that mm. shooting challenge, right? Alex Edward could not throw a pee in the ocean, right? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. you look at guys going the wrong way. Okay, mm. around the which is hat. There's hard, there's no penalty, right? Okay, mm. now you've got you've got three shots. If you miss them, you can just move on. Yeah. What yeah. the hell is that? What the hell, hell is that? You don't I, even have to a, take the shot.
1: It was a pretty tough watch to be honest, wasn't it?
0: So what you take two shots, right? Yeah. And then you just chuck up the third one, you can run. And you don't even run, have to wait if it around. goes if, <clears> if it goes in. There's no penalty for going the wrong way. They're letting exactly. buckets in after the buzzer. It's an absolute joke, man. You know, and it used to be serious when it was each individual going up against each other. And it used yeah. to be, you know, a proper... Well, we
1: mentioned as well, was I think we spoke offline, we were saying we liked that format the other year, of the little, the, the yeah. Littles against the Bigs or whatever they called it. And that was really cool, right? Seeing some like, of these big guys. And they were really putting a lot of effort into showing their, their ball-handling skills. I
0: don't want to see any Antetokounmpo but Giannis at an All-Star man. game ever yeah. again.
1: That's it, right? I agree. No, ever I agree. again,
0: all right? These guys, <laughs> man, why are they even like... That? Anyway. Yeah. We won't harp on about it anymore. All right, let's go to the fun part of the weekend, okay, right? The yeah. three-point shootout, man. I mean, Sun-
1: Sunday, our time was awesome, wasn't it? it yep. really was good. Tell three-point shootout. Well, three-point shootout, you know, it's probably my favourite event every year. Um, Yeah, yeah, watched it at home with a a big Buddy Hill fan, my daughter, so she was a little bit sad. He actually made the most shots in that final round, but he just couldn't get those starry balls, as they call it, worth the three-point shot there, and Dane made both of these. But, yeah, a couple of sort of call-outs I thought from that. Tyrese Halliburton's first round, I've gone back and watched it a couple of times. He was just on fire. honestly he's probably got one of the strangest styles out of any of those players in there right but geez he got on song there and the other one for me was someone that i thought might have you know featured towards the end was kevin red velvet Herder there he was absolutely dreadful Kind of, it was one of the yeah. lowest scores I've seen. He was ice cold in that. It was I kind of felt for him a little bit. He was sort of on that big stage in the bright lights, and he just couldn't get a shot at all there. But, no, I like the format of that. That's the sort of thing. Just keep doing what they're doing on the three-point comp. You don't need to make too many changes. Didn't mind those three-point balls there. We see guys with the range now, and that obviously suited Dame there. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, Buddy's won it before, so it was kind of good to see um, Dane get to the end and, and win it there. I think he's basically retired now. He said he won't yeah. do the event. He's got it on his resume now. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it's an actual yeah. honour to
0: win that event. It's got a rich history. You talk about Larry Bird, Craig Hodges, you know. you, yeah. this, you know, Steph and all those sort of guys. Yeah. Sean Leonard I even remember. You know, Jason yeah. Capono, all these guys. Yeah. You, you remember all of them, man. Dirk Nowitzki, man. You know, Cat, your boy. Like, it's it's For a sure. prestigious event to win. I like it. They should keep it going. And it was exciting, right.
1: too. Like, and we saw Dane actually won it on the last shot there. So, you can't get much more. I mean, I was sort of standing up, you know, looking at the screen, cheering it on. So, yeah, that was probably my, my exciting moment.
0: Hey, man, I haven't been able to make it three in ages, man. I was thinking the other day, maybe I should start jacking them up like Tyrese and myself. Do you think man.
1: you'd get more than Kevin Herder if you he did that shootout? Or? Possibly, yeah. I think you would, too, yeah. Uh, all right,
0: cool. All right. One event which is which is really reignited this year and everyone really enjoyed was the dong contest why yeah. was that tell me
1: um how did you describe mac mcclung woods you said he looked like someone that would, would you saw you'd see working in Coles or something like that, <laughs> I mean, something like that, that made, me, made me laugh the checkout sort of guy he was incredible honestly absolutely amazing i've gone back and watched that quite a few times so now. why don't you just he tell was, the
0: audience who participated in it who are the yeah we're well, me on
1: the spot now so we got um what trey trey murphy right Trey murphy um, yep Trey yep. Murphy, um, uh, Kmart, Kevin Martin, yeah, yep. Kevin Martin um, Jericho Sims. From Jericho the Sims. Was probably the one that sort of wasn't that great there. He sort of basically yeah. tried the same dunk about three times. And Mack McClung. So, for those that know, don't know about him, he went to Georgetown. Um, he's ha- I think he's played two NBA games, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe one for the Lakers, one for another team. He's on Philadelphia's G League team. And, Hence, he was wearing that Philadelphia jersey. And as I mentioned to you, Woods, I did actually purchase his jersey just because I like getting jerseys of the dunk comp, uh, winners. I've got a bit of a collection of those. But, yeah, he just took over, didn't he? Um, yep. It was a bit of, bit of a shame he didn't get straight 50s. We saw Lisa Leslie being the, the Russian judge a little bit and not giving him the the 50, I think, in his second dunk there. Um um, it was good to see, should say as well, see my boys Dominique and, and Jay crossover um, judging. Me. I thought Dominique was very generous with his scores, which was good on him. He wasn't one of these old sort of guys that, are, you know, back in my day type thing. Um, we saw Carm and We probably won't talk about some of the stuff that and who Malone else come out in the media this week. Um, and Dr. Jay, right? Um, no, Harold Meyer. Oh, Harold Miner, of course, yeah. Harold Uh, Miner, who, um, if they hadn't have put up that title there, would you have known it was him? No, man. I would have known it either. He's had some health issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was great to see him there, bringing back, you know, the guys that obviously were sort of, you know, did it before sort of thing. So, no, really enjoyed the the comp. Um, I think the thing with Mac McClung's dunks as well there, Woods, is he made them all on the first attempt, which just looks so much better, right? Yeah, it's a big thing there.
0: No misses, man. You gotta make your dunk on your first attempt. No, no second try. That
1: double pump one he did. The hang time of that, that guy had. I mean, what is he? He's literally
0: six, six one. one. Ridiculous. Amazing.
1: So I Amazing. want to talk to
0: you yeah. about a previous dunk comp winner. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. Airplane mm. Motors. They call him right. Yeah. He didn't win that. He was running up in that very first dunk contest. I think it was 2016 or 17. He barely played. He was in the D League. It was called the D League at the time for the yeah. Phoenix yeah. Suns, right? Affiliate, right?
1: Mm. And the
0: Phoenix Suns. Barely played a game, he came in and then that's what people recognized him for. He then went on to win the dunk contest a few years later. But now he's built yeah. a really good career off the back of the success he had in the dunk comp. Because a lot of these guys, they don't know, uh, you know, GMs and and players uh, and people don't know about them and their skill set, right? But the dunk yeah. comp put, you know, uh, Derek. Jones into the spotlight. Is Mac McClung gonna have that sort of trajectory that Derek Jones Jr. did really? He yeah. I mean, he's,
1: he's a bit of a combo guard there, but he, you know, as I said, he's only sort of six one. But you don't get a lot of point guards that size that have got those sort of hops and athleticism. No. And, um, I was watching some highlights in the game he played with the his Lakers. Um I think he's maybe his NBA debut, he was blocking shots and everywhere, he's really fast getting up and down the court. So you'd like to see it, wouldn't he? Apparently from all you know, reports he's a very hard worker. They've certainly improved his three point shooting. So I think he's someone that's very marketable isn't he? Um, you know, someone that I guess a lot of people can sort of see and relate a little bit more to that person, just being, you know, the body shape and size and everything else like that. So yeah, I'd like to think it would. I mean, I'd love to see him, you know, actually suit up for a 76ers game in this latter part of the year. Not, uh, not convinced that he will, but yeah, it'd be nice to see that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and he also took part in that rookie game we saw, right? Teammates with um, yep. Mojave King and stuff. So he's obviously um, on the radar there. So hopefully he gets an opportunity. We'll see how that plays out. Now, Robbie, I'm going to give Classic Packs a miss today, you know, running mm-hmm. short on cards, and we've used yep. up a lot of time in the podcast, so Classic Packs will be back in a few weeks. Before we end the show, I know you told me to ask you about... Hey, you're not going to
1: talk about the game. You're not going to talk about the game. I thought this was going to be half of our show, the actual All-Star game oh, itself. Yes, the All-Star game. Come almost on. I almost I thought you were going to get on your almost forgot
0: today. about the All-Star yeah. game. Man, ridiculous, right? Come on. Like... These guys don't care anymore. I grew up loving it. We talked about Lee Ellis and um, mm. with Lee Ellis about Rolando Blackman and confidence, baby, confidence, right? <laughs> People cared about it, representing the East and the West. So I just saw it on Twitter that there was a thing saying, maybe they should say the home court advantage in the finals will be dictated by who wins they that do all-star that game.
1: in baseball, I believe. But look, ridiculous is probably a good way to yeah. sum it up. It, it was really tough to watch, wasn't it? Um, I think it comes down to a lot of the players, you know, mentality these days as well. They're all mates growing up. There's no, no sort of killer instinct. The actual yes. format of doing this schoolyard pick thing half an hour before a game is just ridiculous, honestly. I don't know who came up with that idea. Who who sat around in a meeting room with these NBA officials and thought, like, that's a great idea, let's implement that. You've got to at the very least play, play East versus West. It was always that little bit of, you know, yeah. rivalry with doing teams like that. There's been a few people mentioned should they do the US against the international. I don't to be honest, I'm yeah. not sure if that format would change either. Um, but yeah, so, something's got to give, right? Because I don't know how much more life lifespan this actual game's got because there's been so much negative publicity about this game. It's supposed to be the big event. You know, I think everyone was on a bit of a high with the great three-point shootout, the, the dunk comp, which seems like it's back a little bit. And this just kind of almost put a, left a sour taste in people's mouth. I can't
0: it? believe I forgot to, to mention it, man. East no. versus West, right? You know... Play for home court advantage in the finals. People will actually care about that. But these guys yeah. don't even care. They're just getting out of the way. They're just <laughs> dribbling up and down and scoring. No one cares. They're jacking up half court shots, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Jason Tatum, yeah, he
1: broke the record and he hit all those shots. Every shot he got, there's no one within like a couple of metres of him, those, those <laughs> 10 threes he made. So I expect a, someone of his calibre to knock down shots like that. So it really was tough to watch. And what were they doing not getting swipe of the fox and basket as well? I mean, yeah. come on. That's an unwritten rule in all-star games, right? You've got to get everyone on the score sheet. So scoring that many points and you forget him and don't even get him at end. Travesty, man. Yeah, it was bad. That's um. Like I said, I've gone back and watched a three-point comp and I've watched a dunk comp a couple of times. I had it on my Foxtel thing. I just pressed delete straight away with the all-star game. I thought man. I did not want to ever watch that again. That was I don't ever want to watch on it. The eyes. another
0: one again until, mm. until they make some changes so that... And I thought, let me give it a chance. I haven't actually watched it for the last four or five years, right? And I thought yeah. let me give it a chance. Well, this this was,
1: year. Th- yeah, at least there were some close ones. And there was, you know, yeah, this was as bad as it gets. So yeah, don't certainly don't bother if you haven't.
0: How many free throws were shot at that game?
1: Were there any? I think there was uh I think there was f- four free throws and, and yeah, barely sort of any any turnovers <laughs> or anything. It was just run up and basically shoot it. But like you said, when they're doing these half court shots and stuff like that, it's just ridiculous, really. Is but there any we'll, other way to revive the game, though, Wards? That's mentioned? the only way
0: I feel, you know? Make it count towards home court advantage yeah, in the cases. finals for the conference. That everyone's yeah. playing, you know, for something, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. That's the way to Not revive it. You can't yeah. go back and do this format next year. I think. Oh, okay. How win. do
0: people enjoy this? Like, do you know what no. I mean? Yeah. I can't do that. Thing.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. No, so where, where I went to before, I know you asked me to um, mention St. Mary's to you as we spoke yeah. about St. Mary's earlier with Clint Steindl and whatnot. Why was that?
1: of course yeah well not just because i was talking about the wildcats need to get a couple of their guys we've actually got a big show next week so we've got the st mary's um commentator uh, brian coming on the show so he's a guy i actually got some meet, uh, meet last year when st mary's traveled over here really nice bloke um been, um, you know, really sort of generous with offering us some, some time next week. So we're really looking forward to kick it with him. We're going to talk about sort of, you know, some past and present players for St Mary's. Um, For those that do follow the college game, I believe they're ranked number 17 in the whole nation at the moment. They're playing really good basketball. Um, I think they're in action again um, Friday. So yeah, the, obviously the West Coast Conference gets a bit of airtime um, over here on, on KO and ESPN and that, but really looking forward to that. So I was going to say to you, Woods, we might need to choose some St Mary's alums next week to rock with our jersey. So that'll be easy, right? You've got a lot of choice there. So for those that don't know, you're talking, you know, Paddy Mills, Badova, Jock Landale, um, my girl Lauren Nicholson played over there. Um, I might even surprise you and come out with a, a Clint Steiner one there, Woods, because I actually spoke with um, St Mary's coach, Randy Bennett, when I was commentating. He was a big fan at the time when he had Clint yep. Steiner there. He's one of his favourites there, I think. So yeah, really looking forward to that. And just wanted to say before we do wrap it up, Woods, as Hawks fans, there was a little bit of big news, so I should for say, sure. at the time of recording... Wednesday, the 22nd of February. We let go of Nate McMillan today. So we did. before we wrap up, what were your thoughts on that? Did that surprise you or not really?
0: Not really. I mean, coaches um, uh, often, if they have an issue with their star player in this league, you know, that's generally is a problem. You know, player yep. player empowerment's a big thing and players make, you know, they have a lot of power in, in, in these situations. I think it yeah. was an untenable situation between Trey Young and, and Nate McMillan, right?
1: I didn't think he'd been coaching great this year. Though. I mean, everyone will sort no. of put all the blame on Trey though. but this is a guy that's come in with a defensive mentality and mindset there. And Hawks are regularly giving up 140 points, and that's not all Trey's fault there. I mean, their, their defense has been woeful. He doesn't seem to have much of a plan B. So we see um, Joe Pronty taking over there. Yep. He's, he's the interim tag at the moment. So I've had a couple of names there um, Schneider being one of the ones. Um, uh, who's the guy that used to coach the Nets? His name's mistaken me now um, with Golden State now. Um, Kenny. Cowboys oh, well, help me out. Um, He's been he... golden. Yeah, Atkinson, is it? Um, yeah, Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep, Kenny yep, Atkinson yep, yep. and Schneider. So I see Kirk Schneider, Quinn Schneider. Schneider um, they'd be yeah. the two that I'm sort of hearing now. So he's, look, he's he's got the interim tag on him there. So interesting to see whether they've just decided to stick out with him for the year. Because the Hawks are coming eighth at the moment. They get on a bit of a run there. They could easily get up to six there. So it's perhaps not as gloomy a season as what people are portraying it to be. But yeah, interesting timing, I thought, now that it sort of took place like a day before the games are back on. But yeah, just thought I'd mention that before we did wrap up a bit of And bit Joe Frontier, a good ATM. friend
0: of Nate McMillan as well he's worked with Popovich in a in,
1: in championship winning team. Yeah, he's won Milwaukee Bucks. He's yeah. won three championships as an assistant. Um he's actually yep. coached three games of the Hawkswoods. Last year, I think yep. when Nate McMillan and the assistant head coach, the uh, lead assistant at the time, Chris Gent, both had COVID, COVID. there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went one and two, so he does have a, a win already so far. So he's been the lead assistant this year. Um, yeah, good luck to him, I guess. I'll be, I'll be seeing how they go in that first game. And you know I've got that new coach theory in every sport, so if you're a betting person, get on the Hawks to win that first game because they always seem to win when a new coach comes uh, on, on board.
0: And when Milwaukee let go of Jason Kidd all those years back, he stepped in to that head coaching yeah. role. And you know, people like Malcolm Brogdon, Giannis, Delhi himself was on that team, have spoken well about him as a head coach. Should so say former a coach of
1: Great Britain as well there, Wood. So he coached yep. them for a number of years there. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting
0: All right, Robbie, just before we finish up things, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about where we can be found and followed and, and all of that? Yeah.
1: Sounds good, mate. So yeah, of course, on on Twitter, we're at throwback swoops. I know Woody posted the Jersey pictures from last week of uh, Corey McGetty and 3D Dennis Scott. So we'll keep those sort of things going. Yep. Um, we're on Instagram, throwback.hoops. Um, and, of course, our email address, at throwbackhoopspodcast.gmail.com. Um, what about Woods? Did you any, any shout-outs or things you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, Patreon. We really appreciate everyone's support. Um, can't thank you enough. Look below on the screen. You can also see all our handles that Robbie mentioned uh, earlier. And, yeah, big episode next week, man. Really excited.
1: Looking forward to it, yeah. So, look, we probably won't be talking much NBL next week. We've sort of done our previews. Obviously, there's not going to be any games this weekend to recap there. But, yeah, really looking forward to have Brian on the show and sort of talk about St. Mary's. If anyone's got any questions or any topics they want us to talk about there, you know, we gave you the the details before. But, yeah, looking forward to see his take on that sort of Aussie culture with St. Mary's. Talk a little bit. They've got three guys um, all from from Western Australia playing on that team this year and playing well. So, yeah, really looking forward to it, mate. Definitely. Um, Any final thoughts? Nah, enjoy that sort of week off with NBL this week. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll be watching that in international game with the Boomers, but we'll see how we go.
0: <laughs> well, thanks to everyone. And
1: from right behind, be